Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I am Ben Duncan, and this is a place where prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana share their stories. Hello and welcome back to the podcast and today I want to um, go over some tips and pointers to anyone that's looking to get their first role in the Salesforce ecosystem. So I'm getting a lot of questions from people that have identified Salesforce as the platform, the technology that they want their career to be focused around and are now striving to get their first role in the ecosystem. So this is really, I guess, advice or guidance for anyone that has kind of made that decision, has started doing some work on Trailhead and has identified that this is definitely a career they want to pursue and has started working towards or already achieved their first certification. It's not really for anyone that's kind of still on the fence as to whether or not Salesforce is for them, because I think that's really, you know, you need to make that decision before you really start proactively working towards your first role. But if you are in that position now and you feel a little bit lost as to where to turn next, then uh, here's some tips that I think uh, you could take on board and hopefully would help you getting towards that first role. So the first tip is really to understand the role or the different roles in the ecosystem. And um, for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to focus in on the Salesforce administrator role because that typically is where um, I see most people aiming their careers when they're coming into the ecosystem without necessarily having a technical background. Obviously, there are other roles out there. So if you have a technical background, you might be looking for the developer role. Or if you don't have a technical background, you might also consider a role like a business analyst. But for the purpose of this podcast, we'll focus in on the Salesforce admin role. So I think the first thing, yeah, really understand what does a Salesforce administrator do and then really look at what your transferable skills from your your previous career or your education, what, what can you bring into the ecosystem? What can you bring into the role? And what do you need to work on? Because obviously, um, if you're transferring your skill, uh, your career or moving into the Salesforce ecosystem, you don't know everything already. But there will be areas that you can bring in from your previous career. So whether that's you've got lots of training experience, you've got a wealth of um, experience training users on a different technology, but no hands-on Salesforce skills. then obviously, the training is a transferable skill set and you need to focus in on the hands-on skills. Or if you've really nailed the the hands-on side of things with Trailhead, you've really got comfortable with doing configuration, building flows, and, and so on, but you worry about your ability to engage with stakeholders, then obviously you need to focus in on your communication and consulting skills, which, uh, you know, that's a really big area of being a, a Salesforce administrator, being able to communicate with the business. So it's really important that you're honest with yourself and work out where your gaps are, because if you're not honest and if you're not realistic with where you currently stand, then uh, then obviously it's going to be a lot harder to work on the gaps that you have and, and to make yourself um, ready for, for your first role and, and for interviews and things like that. So yeah, the first thing is really understand what the role of an admin is and, and what skills you currently have that align to the role and where you really need to focus your skills and development to get yourself job ready. The second point is to look at who you know or uh, people you, you know or people you might know of that work in the ecosystem. So whether that's friends, friends of friends, previous colleagues, is there anyone that you can lean on for advice, guidance or mentorship? So it can be a really tough journey securing your first role and having some support from someone within the ecosystem could be really beneficial. So obviously uh, you'll make friends and network as you go. But if there's already people within the ecosystem that understand the Salesforce ecosystem and the the ups and downs and the, the trials and tribulations of finding your first role in this space, then they're definitely people you should lean on and uh, you can go to for support and guidance. And obviously, if you know them already, then all the better because uh, they're, they're people you already have that relationship with. 
My third point is around documenting your journey. So we speak to a lot of people that are looking to find their way into the ecosystem. But if you look at their LinkedIn profile or um, or their online presence, you, you wouldn't really know that they're looking and learning about the Salesforce ecosystem right now. So I think it's really important, even if you're starting from the ground up, it's important to document your journey. So what are you working on? What are you learning? What have you learned so far? What are you struggling with? Um, and what's come more easy to you? Whose content has helped you? Can you tag them in a post to show appreciation for their content, but also bring awareness to the fact you are learning and, and that you're committed to Salesforce? I think it's also really important to be engaging with other people's posts, whether they're experienced people, whether they're starting out their Salesforce journey like you. I think there's a, a real great community of online and in-person Salesforce events, but uh, also communities of people that are collaborating, sharing ideas and cheering each other on online. So um, if you document your journey, you're bringing attention to yourself and there might be someone that's looking for someone at your level and they see a post that you make and it talks about the fact that you know you might have built your first flow or you've just got your first um, super badge things like that might not seem significant but the more you do it the more attention you bring to yourself and you never know who's looking so um, you can stand out compared to other people that aren't necessarily documenting their journey or, or making it really visible around what they're doing with the salesforce platform Number four is what can you lean on from your past career? So in um, in the first point I touched on, you know, transferable skill sets. But I think if you also focus in on, you know, not necessarily just what you've done, but where you've done it and the kind of industries you've worked in. So if you've spent a long time working in one particular industry and therefore know the terminology, the pain points and the processes really well, then um, I think that's half the battle. So if you're now looking for a Salesforce admin role and you've been working in the not-for-profit space for the last 10 years, then it makes sense to target other not-for-profits that are using Salesforce because you understand the world of not-for-profits. If you've worked in the real estate industry, um, you know it makes sense to target real estate companies that are using Salesforce because they don't have to teach you the industry. You just have to continue learning the Salesforce skill set and platform. So um, who do you know at the different companies that might be um, in the industries that you worked with before? So like I said, if you've worked in real estate, who do you know that works in the real estate industry? Does their company use Salesforce? Are there hiring managers within those organizations that you know that you could lean on and that you could uh, make aware that you're looking to build a, a Salesforce career? You know, it seems quite obvious, but a lot of people don't really think about their previous industry experience. They just think about the, the job they did. So, you know, were they a trainer? Can they be a trainer again? But realistically, if you can find a role in an industry that you know well, then you're going to be able to add value um, quicker than than if you're looking to move into a new industry with a new skill set. So definitely really look around the companies that you know and, and the industries that you know well, because, uh, yeah, that would be a quicker route into the Salesforce ecosystem, in my opinion. Point number five is um, really focusing on user groups. Um, how many user groups are there in your area? Can you go to them face-to-face? -face? Can you meet people online? Um, are there online sessions in other locations, but in areas of Salesforce that you're interested in, so not-for-profit? The amount of people over the years that I've seen end up securing a role via or through a user group is really high. So that makes these events both great for learning, networking, and potential career opportunities. And obviously, you know, connect with people, meet them face-to-face, -face, but then go online, connect with them, build rapport with them online. Go back to my point around number three, around documenting your journey. These people are, you know, they've met you at a user group. They then see something you're documenting around what you're doing. They're likely to engage with it and, and share that. And then that goes out to their network and more eyes are on your content and, and your journey. So user groups are, are great places to make friends and, and contacts, but also potentially great opportunities to further your career and um, gain further career opportunities through people you might meet. So um, yeah, really focusing on different user groups, different study groups, things like that, where you can make some new contacts. 
Point number six is to connect with recruiters, but don't rely on them to secure your first role. Don't spend all of your time on job boards and don't get disheartened by the lack of junior Salesforce adverts online. It's really important to build your network with as many people in the ecosystem as possible and try to connect with potential hiring managers in areas you feel you can add value. But don't, um, you know, I'm a recruiter. Obviously, I, I try my best to help anyone that comes to me with um, with plans to move into the Salesforce ecosystem. But the reality is over the last seven or so years, I've probably placed a, a handful of junior Salesforce talent into new roles because ultimately my clients come to me looking for for experienced senior people. When I have placed junior people into new roles, it's people that have really stood out to me, you know, that have documented their journey, have um, I've met at user groups, have shown a real passion for for learning and, and developing and, and really being all in on the Salesforce ecosystem. They're always the people that stand out to me when a junior role does come up. And the people that I uh, I pick up the phone to straight away when I do get a junior role are the ones that, you know, I might have met a user group a few years ago and have continued to, to look and, and develop their skills and, you know, are ever present at, at Salesforce events or online events and, um, and yeah, people I see documenting and things like that. So although recruiters can be useful in terms of finding jobs, use them for information on the market, um, use them for building your network, use them for building information and guidance, but don't necessarily think you'll always find your first role through a recruiter. Number seven is kind of similar to number three, um, documenting your journey, but building your own projects and showcasing them online. So when I say documenting your journey, I'm, I'm talking about like LinkedIn posts around what you've been doing and blogging and things like that. Whereas for, for number seven, building your own projects, I'm talking about jumping into your own developer org and building out little um, you know solutions that can help you with your day-to-day -day life. Could be tracking expenses. It could be tracking job applications. It could be a completely made-up project where you get to utilize different tools and, and um, solutions within the Salesforce org. So it could be doing some automation, and, and this is also something that you can take to interviews. So if ever you have an interview and, and you haven't got a specific workplace Salesforce experience to lean on, then if you take your laptop and show the hiring manager something you've built in your own time and show them the automations that you've built, that would definitely make you stand out in comparison to other um, Salesforce professionals that haven't done that that are also looking for their first role. So yeah, I think it's really important to um, show that you can do what you say you can do, show that you can come up with different ideas and, and you can solve real-life problems um, with the Salesforce org. And so many people want to get into the industry, but I see few people actually building things in their own org. Everyone really focuses in on certifications and trailhead badges, which are really important. But how can you stand out and showcase what you've learned? And I really think building something in a developer org can make you, um, I guess, shine amongst other people that are, uh, are doing the same things around certs and, and trailhead badges and not necessarily showcasing their skill set. And then my final point is it can be a long, difficult journey to get your first role. So if you aren't getting success um, or the success that you're, you're necessarily looking for um, and you're hitting some, some roadblocks or... Um, yeah, finding that the, the journey is a little bit more difficult than, than you were expecting. There are some paid groups out there like Talent Stacker or Supermums and um, where there's some structured learning and support and, and some amazing communities as well. And I think, you know, having a community of people around you can really help you on your journey to, to securing your first Salesforce role, can help with your motivation and can keep you motivated and, you know, striving towards those goals. And, um, and I know some of their structured learning isn't just around, you know, the Salesforce platform, it's around how you brand yourself and things like that as well. So I, I'm not saying that everyone should be going and paying for these groups. Um, you know, some people can, can find roles without 
going down that path. But if you are struggling and, and you find that you know your motivation is dropping off or you're um, getting a bit disheartened, then uh, some of these different groups can definitely pick you up and, and give you that community feel where uh, everyone's kind of striving for the same thing and um, and ultimately they, they get a lot of success. So definitely consider them if um, the price point is right. I'm not sure what the price point is for each, but yeah, it's something to, to consider if you've gone through the other steps and you don't feel like you're getting the success that you uh, you would like. And then, yeah, just the other thing is just make sure you're part of the community. So whether that's the user group point I made before or um, online, it's such a welcoming community, but you have to reach out and connect and really throw yourself into it. And if you do, then people will uh, will make you feel welcome and, and help as much as they can. But if you're just doing it on your own and, um, you know, just kind of applying for jobs online without having an online presence or um, just sending your CV off to lots of clients without being able to really demonstrate your Salesforce experience, then it's going to be a really difficult journey. So hopefully these steps help. These tips will be useful. I'm happy to answer any questions if anyone wants to reach out directly. Um, Like I said, I get a lot of questions from people that are looking to build their career in this space. So I thought making this podcast and just documenting the, the tips that I advise um, so everyone can hear them uh, would be useful. Hopefully it is. But um, yeah, if there's any specifics you'd like to explore with me, reach out on email or on LinkedIn and I'll be happy to answer them for you. Thank you and good luck. So that's a wrap for this week's episode. And thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And if you did, please make sure you have subscribed for future episodes that are coming through. I would also be very grateful if you would consider leaving a review on your chosen podcast platform as five-star reviews will help us to reach more trailblazers from across the world. I look forward to sharing another episode with you soon and thanks again.